Namaste, Namaskaram, Vanakam, Namo Namaha, Jai Ganesha. Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there's a donate button if you'd like to help support us. Inspirational thoughts from Mahaganapati. Please listen to our other podcast for this year's Ganesha Chatterty 2022. But it's imperative that devout Hindus take this, what is essentially our first festival, our Utsava, that inaugurates the rest of our festivals through the year. Ganesha Chatterty, the birth of Ganapati. For he is the Devata that brings us all together as Hindus. Listen to our podcast on the GEM principle. Using the science of gravity, electricity, and magnetism, we think of our own body. Gravity is the lower part. Electricity is the heart, the magnetic head, G-E-M. This is the way to uncover the GEM within. Follow this principle of being grounded, foundational, gravity. Being dynamically electric, and being drawn to the magnetic head, drawn up into the spirit, if you will. Atma Darshana Paramo Dharma. Gravity is our karma yoga. Electricity is our bhakti yoga. Raja Gyan Yoga is the deity head. And we also use our sampradayas in a very profound way so that we seek a harmonious Hindu family. We always, no matter what our sampradaya, start with a grounding of foundation, which, as far as deities go, this is always Mahaganapati. He's the first chakra, earth element. Bhumimata. Gravity. Now, if you're a Saiva Hindu, you then proceed to the electricity of the heart, Skanda Murga, onto the deity head, the magnetic head of Siva Sakti, Siva Paravati. G-E-M, gravity, electricity, magnetism, Ganapati, Murga, Shiva, Shakti, Om. For our Vaishnava brothers and sisters, we always start with Ganapati. And then we go to the electricity at the heart of Sri Krishna. Notice that the heart deities are all youthful, loving warriors. On to the magnetic head of Vishnu Devi, Vishnu Lakshmi. Ganapati Krishna, Vishnu Lakshmi. And also within Vaishnavism, there's another way. Again, of course, starting with Mahaganapati, we go to the youthful, loving warrior at the heart, Hanumanji, to the deity head, Sitaram. Ganapati Hanuman Sitaram. Shakti in Hindu, Ganesha is understood as the foundation. And then we go from Durgama to Malakshmi to Saraswati, the enlightenment at the head. Ma Lakshmi is the electricity at the heart. And remember, she holds the Amritam next to her heart, and then the money comes and goes, not the other way around. But now in Shaktiism, there's another beautiful understanding, because note, we've been going from the ground up, which is what we must do. We're here on planet Earth. We're trying to get to outer space or inner space by having a foundation, devotional electricity, religious fervor, heat, also the science of life, work, heat, light, to the magnetic head. It's also A-U-M, Pranava-Om, which again is associated with Mahaganapati.
But in Shaktiism, we also have an understanding of going from the top down, so to speak, from before creation, which actually happens every evening when we go to sleep. We go into the absolute nothingness before creation and wake up in the morning and start the whole thing again. Round and round we go, the wisdom of samsara, reincarnation. So before creation, the absolute blackness. That's before, within, and after it's all over. Makali. So misunderstood. Then we come into the big bang of creation, Durgama. Into the refinement of where we are at the moment, Maparvati. So in Shaktiism, we go from the ground up with the Ganesha Foundation, Durga, Lakshmi, Saraswati. A deep inhale. And then when we exhale out again in creation, we go Kali, Durga, Parvati. So we always start with the wisdom of Mahaganapati first. That's our grounding, that's our foundation, from which we safely rise and safely come back to. Just like a rocket ship that has a strong foundation, blasts off into outer space, and then gently returns back to Earth. The in-breath and the out-breath. This is why celebrating Ganesha Chatterty is so important. And remember the story. He's created from the mud, the earth of his Ma Parvati, the earthiness, grounded. Remember the first word for our Hindu dharma is Ritta, Ritvijam. Hindu Hindu by implication, then Ritta, then Dharma, Vedic Dharma, Yoga Dharma, Sanatana Dharma, Brahmanism, Hinduism, and the Hindu religion, Sabeka, Sarva, Ekam. These are all synonyms for what is most popularly known as the Hindu religion, Hinduism. So Maparvati made Ganesha from the earth, from the mud, and stationed the boy to protect her. Meaning, for all of us as Hindus, this is symbolic of protecting the mother that is the Dharma. So as this young boy, this youthful loving warrior, heart chakra deity, like Hanuman and Sri Krishna, protect the Dharma, Hindus. Stand up. Even in the face of insurmountable odds, Mahadeva and his Buddhas, mm, he stood up and protected the Dharma. And what happened? He lost his head. What does this mean to us as Hindus? We must stand up and we will not always win when we do. Sometimes we'll lose and lose big. But there's a grander scheme at play here as we're each one trying to develop more and more the realization of our inner atmana, which is a learning curve. It's a process of winning and losing in life. And sometimes we learn so much more from when we lose. So yes, Ganesha lost his head. But Shiva returned the head with the elephant head, which became the popular Ganapati that's lived on through the ages. So though we may lose and lose big temporarily, in the long run we gain in the development of Atmadarshana. Mother Parvati took her morning bath and she scraped the mud off of her form and formed her a son that she could adore and stationed the boy outside of her door. And home came Shiva to visit his wife and the divine young boy showed off his might. Siva was vexed and cut off his head. So they had to look for the first animal that was dead, an elephant they found, under a tree, they took his head. Voila, Ganapati. This is the story of Ganesha's birth, celebrated each year with much mirth.
So every year, Hindus in the know make their clay Ganeshas. And this is not just for the children, but for the child in all of us. As we participate in this creation story, working with the clay, thinking about Mahaganapati, great inspiration comes. And it's just incredible to every year listen to the inspiration that comes from devotees who have perhaps never done this in their life. Maybe when they were children, then they forgot about it. They thought it was something only for children. But the adults gain great insight into what they need to do, what they need to focus upon for the coming year, individually and also collective messages. So every year at the ashram, we get an overriding message for the ashram, for all the devotees, as well as each one's individual messages, which are recited and are a great boon to the whole congregation. So let's visit a few of the past inspirational themes for our ashram here at Dharma Yoga Ashram, the Kasuku Yoga Hindu Academy, which is also a Ganesha Mandir. And actually we are on Memorial Drive. Memorial is a memory. Ganesha is the first chakra memory. Never forget who we are, Hindus. Tatvamasi, that We are the Atmana. With a body, mind, and emotions. Tatvamasi, hamramasmi. And remember that the first traditional mandir built in America was, of course, a Ganesh mandir in Flushing, New York, which was founded by a dream wherein Ganesha came to two sadhus and told them exactly where to build this most prolific mandir today that has reached out to the community at large. Very powerful Shakti there. So prior to having our ashram here, our ashram mandir, which is a Ganesh mandir. And of course, we respect all the sampradayas. Prior to the development of the ashram, we met in a home. And the inspiration came to make a Ganesha Murti where Ganesha was actually the mandir itself. The four pillars were his four legs. And listen to the Chandogya Upanishad, beautiful understanding, where Satyakama is encountered by Nandi, where Nandi teaches him the four legs of Brahman. So the mandir was constructed out of clay with the four legs, Ganesha's four legs. And we all know the story of the, the four blind men and the elephant, where we need to get the larger picture. And then the entrance to the clay mandir was Ganesha's head, reminding us that a Hindu mandir is a very special place. It's not just a building. It is the home of the devas. This is why Hindus worship every day. Many people will ask, when do Hindus worship? Oh, when don't we? Of course, every day. The mandirs are open 24-7, 365 days a year, though they may close in the middle of the day, of course. But a puja goes on every single day, or should. This is because it's the home of the devas, just like our homes. Though many go out to work during the day and children go off to school, there's always someone there at least at one point in the 24 hours of the day. 
That's what makes a home vibrate. Everyone knows what it feels like to go into an empty house, an empty room where no one's lived for a while. It has a very different feel. So one should really feel something when they go to a Hindu mandir, ashram, because of the services that go on there, the devotions that go on on a daily basis. And this should remind all Hindus of the importance of their ashrams and mandirs, and to attend at least once a week. But many in the village go every day. Support the mandirs. Yes, we also have our puja rooms and our homes, but the mandirs are a collective place where communities can gather and outreach to others, and also serve as teaching places, and be there for those who perhaps are new to Hinduism. So while it's vital that we all have our puja rooms, we also need the wisdom of the mandir. Note how Christianity and Islam are the two youngest religions in the world, yet the most popular. And generally these people are very serious about attending their churches and cathedrals and synagogues and mosques. So in a positive way, a Hindu mandir is really a haunted house with good spirits. The puja is designed to attract the attention of the devaloka. It is said that the devas hear the ganta. They smell the agarbati. They see the arti. They see the devotees with their sacred markings on their foreheads. So it's imperative that Hindus reawaken this love and appreciation for their ashrams and mandirs and treat them in a very special way. Be prepared. Bathe. Wear proper clothing. Bring an offering. Do pranams. And join in the devotions, perhaps meditations, and respectfully leave and repeat the process. This will create a vibrant, vibrant Hindu community. For it is a sad fact that many Hindus are very scattered today. Lots of influence from past invasions, much distortion. But this is where Hindus have to step up to the plate and realize we have allowed much of this to happen through our lack of unity, lack of education. Another year at Ganesh Chaturthi, we made an image with the separate parts of Ganapati all split apart, symbolizing this split that unfortunately at this time in history many Hindus are undergoing. Remember, the Hindu yoga dham is thousands and thousands of years old with great periods of advancement, and the opposite. So the inspiration for that year was Heal the Hindu, H-E-A-L-T-H. Heal the Hindu. In other words, health. For us to be a healthy Hindu family, we need to come together. We need to educate. We need to do seva. We need to treat our mandirs with respect do profound devotions and meditations, and also be willing to stand up for the Dharma in the face of those who continue to distort. And we need to confront our fellow Hindus that allow this distortion. And it is the wisdom of Mahaganapati that can help bring us all together again. This Ganesha Mandir 
in Flushing. Beautiful Ganesh Murti. One of the most beautiful ones, they say, since the Chola Empire. Beautiful black granite, polished black granite stone. He's called Mahavalabha. Mahavalabha, the overseer, the superintendent, if you will, of the Hindu dharma. So another year, the inspirational theme was Ganapati sitting on a lifeguard stand, guarding all those below him. Ganesha is Mahavalabha, the overseer, the superintendent, the guard, the guardian of the Hindu dharma. Known, he's known as the gatekeeper. He opens the gates to our other devas and devis. So learn to swim as devotees, knowing that Ganesha is watching over us. Now among others, Gandhi was famous for saying, learn to swim in the waters of tradition, not drown in them. Profound lessons here. And you can listen to our podcast on the love of Mother Nature and the sunrise. But think about standing at the shoreline. Do we know how to swim? We need to learn to swim in the waters of Hindu Dharma, in our tradition, to enjoy it. But we don't want to drown in our traditions. Remember like the quote-unquote rising sun? For it does not rise, does it? At first we see the beautiful... Bindi, the potu, the red dot. And then as it rises, quote-unquote, it makes a beautiful path right up to you. But what we don't realize, perhaps, is that moment is everyone along the beach is seeing their own individual path. So we all need to find the path that works for us. We have chosen the Hindu path, which is very specific. We need to swim in this water of the Hindu tradition. And not drown in it, meaning we don't make it the one religion for all, either as a fundamentalist or as a universalist. It's not the one religion for all. It's a way. Here's where the Nat principle comes in. To help heal the world of the extremes of fundamentalism and the other extreme of the fundamentalist universalist. In other words, one's religion is not the way, the pure, if you will, fundamentalist. And it's not the other extreme of no way or always, the universalist, which sadly many Hindus suffer from. But there's a middle ground. One's religion is not the way, it's not no way or always, it's a way. Learn to swim in the waters of tradition, not drown in them. Another year, we made Ganesha as a little policeman, just like Mahavalabha, again, guarding the Dharma. And as Hindus, we know the wisdom of the Varna system, not caste, please, we need to throw that word out. That's a Portuguese word. But caste is just the way societies function and individuals function. We all do labor, we do business, we protect, we educate. This is the way societies work. So Ganesha is the Kshatriya here. And we all are in the Kurukshetra of protecting the Dharma. And we do that through service. We start with Karma Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Raja Yoga, Gyan Yoga. We need to protect the Dharma. Remember the saying, protect the Dharma. 
and the Dharma will protect you. So Ganesha as the policeman of Hinduism. And we need police. It's only when we're very naive in adolescent behavior that we criticize the police. And yes, in all institutions, people do wrong. Religious institutions, political institutions. We don't throw out the institution. We just get rid of the bad apples. We need all four. We need policemen. We need protectors, the kshatriyas. We need business people, vaishyas. We need laborers and builders, the sudras. And we need the educators and the teachers, brahmans. And again, remember in the Purusha Sukta, we do all four of these ourselves. If we're a whole person, we all do manual labor. We all do business. We all protect those around us. And we all educate ourselves and perhaps others. Then the next year we did Ganesha in the form of a tree, Vrikshaganapati. Remember when we do Vrikshasana, and remember Hatha Yoga are Hindu devotional postures. And actually they're not supposed to be on display. This is why we have this massive spurious yoga movement that is not heeding to the Dharma, and the Hindus are not insisting that others do also. In fact, many Hindus are capitulating to this spurious Hatha Yoga movement. Remember, Hatha Vidya Bhavera Yavate Guya Niveratu Prakashavaranam. All the classic texts on Hatha Yoga say to keep this rather secret, not on display. And why? Because of exactly what's happened today in the form of hot yoga, power yoga, doggy yoga, ad nauseum. But it is in Vrikshasana. And these Hatha Yoga asanas are an outcome of inner realization. So as you stand in Vrikshasana, balancing on one leg, tree pose, if you will, it's a reminder of the classic four yogas, which we must do all the time to one degree or another. It's really not pick or choose. If you want to have a fully mature, fruit-bearing tree, you need the roots, karma yoga. Obviously, the trunk of the tree, and notice they reach up in the prayer position, bhakti yoga. And then the many branches and leaves of the royal state of raja yoga, where we study the inner workings of the human body and mind. And the flowering of the spirit in raja yoga meditation to the ultimate fruit, gyan, of enlightenment. Again, the wisdom of Mahaganapati. Living this Hindu yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle, this is where we all come together. For, in various degrees, we do all the yogas. Karma yoga, bhakti yoga, raja yoga, gyan yoga, hatha yoga, mantra yoga, japa yoga, nada yoga, nata yoga, all stimulating the inner sap of the tree that we don't see, but it's stimulated on the inside, kundalini yoga. So Hindus, be the sap. Don't be a sap. A sap is a fool. Sap is also the inner vitality. In other words, be spiritual and practical, S-A-P. Don't be silly and pathetic by letting the dharma go. Remember, the tree of the Hindu yoga dharma is karma bhakti raja, jnana, jnana. And in Tamil land, they say charye karye yoga manyanam, same thing. Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali detailed it a bit different. Yama and Niyama is karma and bhakti yoga. Asana is hatha yoga, but remember, he mentions no specific asana. So the yoga sutras are not a manual for hatha yoga, it's a manual for going deep into the no thingness, actually, kaivalya. Then we have pranayama, pratyahara, dharana, dhyana. 
This is all Raja Yoga, culminating in Gyan Yoga or Samadhi. And in the Vedas, the Rishis had a beautiful, simple understanding, using the word Kanda as root, analogous to yoga, to yoke. Karma Kanda, Upasana Kanda, Yana Kanda. We know karma, we know yana or jnana. Upasana was beautiful because it's the Rishi's way of telling us you must keep three yogas together all the time. Bhakti, Hatha, Raja. Upasana means worshipful meditation. Worship is bhakti, meditation, raja. And asana, upasana. For these are three inseparable yogas, yetinoveka. Hatha yoga, bhakti yoga, raja yoga. Karmakanda, upasana kanda, yana kanda. Vriksha ganapati. Again, as Hindus, we listen to the wisdom of this humble remover of obstacles, Vigna Vinayaka. We made an Im- image of Mahaganapati, and his trunk was going to the devotee, filling up the devotee with good gas, G A S S. In life, there is obviously noxious gas, carbon monoxide, but good gas, O2, oxygen. As Hindus, we need to take on board the good gas and get rid of the bad gas. Indian Hindu author O.P. Gupta, who wrote a book, Vedic Equality in Hinduism, also wrote a paper entitled, Hindus Suffer from Gas, an acronym, G-A-S-S. And remember, this is an Indian Hindu from India, chiding his fellow Hindus. We suffer from genetically acquired slavery syndrome. Look how we as Hindus continue to capitulate. Look at Indian Hindus becoming certified yoga teachers. Instead of teaching, they're capitulating. So let's turn this around into a positive gas. So our theme for that year was take the negative gas, genetically acquired slavery syndrome, and be a devout Hindu by respecting Guru, Ashram, Shastras, Sadhana. Guru, Ashram, Shastras, Sadhana. And lest anyone thinks we're out trolling for chelas or disciples, nothing could be further from the truth. Remember, in ancient times, there were no mass movements. Gurus basically had one or two shishyas, chelas. But the acronym fits. So let's look at life in general. And the beauty of the Hindu Yoga Dharma is we can explain all of these things to the world at large in general. For example, our karma bhakti raja, jnana, jnana is ethics, devotion, meditation, enlightenment. We can explain this to everyone. Just live an ethical life. Be devoted to whatever you do. Be concentrated and meditative and you'll get the fruit. Enlightenment, EDME, EDME. This is understanding life in general, but never to confuse that with specifics. It's Hindus that do karma, yoga, bhakti yoga, raja yoga, jnana yoga. This is a sore point when people confuse generalities and specifics. Yes, all religions pray and do their devotions, but a Hindu puja is very different than a Catholic mass. So when it comes to Guru Ashram Shastra Sadhana, gurus are Hindu teachers, but in life we all have teachers. It starts with our parents, and then our school teachers, and then our employers. Perhaps we have religious teachers. This is life itself. We start out as a student, and students become teachers. Children become 
parents. This is the way life works. We need to respect our teachers. In Hinduism, we call this the gurus. Every teacher has a place where they teach, be it the home, the school, the office, the mandir, the church, the synagogue. This is what we Hindus call the ashram, if you will. Every teacher gives forth their teachings, be it the rules of the home, obviously the lessons at school, religious instructions, lessons on the job. And then finally it's up to each one of us to be self-motivated and do our own work. This is the way life works, respecting our teachers, respecting where they teach, respecting the teachings, and then being self-motivated. So we call our teachings in Hinduism the Shastras, and we are sadhakas doing sadhana. So the acronym fits. This is the way to bring in the good gas and avoid the negative gas of genetically acquired slavery syndrome, this constant capitulation. Respect the gurus and the ashrams and the shastras and the sadhana. And then one year we made an image of Mahaganapati and his Vilambita Sutra, his trunk, was formed in the form of a question mark. So the theme for that year was why Ganapati, why Ganapati, letter why Ganapati. Three things. First and foremost, we as Hindus must know why we beseech Mahaganapati first. And it's not simply because that's what our families did. That's what we were told to do. We must know why. And when we look at the symbolism of Mahaganapati, whether or not one has the intimate inner experience of the deities or not, at least we learn from the symbolism, the power of symbolism, which is life itself. We look at Mahaganapati. And he is visually teaching us that we are animal, human, and divine. This is why he's associated with the Om, A U Um, Vaishvanara Tejasya Prajna, animal, human, divine. This is the form of yours and mine. And then we look at his Vilambita Sutra, profound lesson be strong, be flexible, be sensitive in body, mind, emotions. Then, as he often holds the Laddu at the tip of the trunk, Life is sweet, ayur maddu. Be humble, his broken tusk, which is understanding, not humiliated. Humility, understanding, the broken tusk. Be dedicated to the task at hand. Listen to words of wisdom, his big ears, gajkanikaya. Know what to repel in life, his gata. Know what to bring and hold close, his pasa. Powerful life lesson. Know what to get rid of, know what to hold on to. This will bring a sense of santosha or contentment, his big belly, rather than being a mal content. And often he has one foot down, one foot up, reminding us of this balanced life. Keep one foot in the world, one foot in the atmana, the spirit, prakriti and purusha. This is a good balance. Pravritri, nivritti, lakshanascha, jagatahastiti, karanam. Action, renunciation, going out, going in, is what brings world stability, world balance, an individual balance. And then we have little Mushika, Ganesha's divine little mouse, recognizing from the smallest to the greatest, the Atmana dwells in all things. As Hindus, we generally have a great love for Mother Nature and all the creatures because they are divine as well. 
So we know, should know why we beseech Mahaganapati first. But the next why Ganapati was the questioning Ganapati. So the inspiration came from Ganapati to ask ourselves some serious questions as Hindus. Why are Ayurveda, chakras, kundalini a new age thing and not Hindu? Why is karma just anything but not Hindu? Why is a mantra any repetition but not Hindu? Why is a pundit merely a politician, not a perohit? And it gets worse, my friends, sadly. Why are Arya and Swastika about an evil race? Why are they not about a holy place? Why is an original homeland now the troubled nation of Pakistan? Why do many make fun of the Bindu? You know they do. Dothead, bullet hole, you are here. What happens if I push that button on your forehead? How sad. And why is a guru just anybody? Try that with imam, see how far you get. And why, oh why, is yoga an exercise for money? Hmm? And the Hindus are not even given credit for the numerals, and especially zeros, umya, kiyabate, we Hindus need to look in the mirror. For if we continue to capitulate rather than educate, the dharma will only continue to deteriorate. So let's get our heads on straight, my friends. We need to start at the beginning and not the end. We start with Ganapati and then travel up into our other devas and devis. We start with Muladhara Chakra to get to Sahasvara Chakra. We start with the earth to get to the inner space, the Akasha. We start with Dvaita to get to Advaita. And the third Y Ganapati, the letter Y Ganapati, is a reminder. He is Yoga Ganapati. Ridantare nirantaram vasantameva yoginam. Ganapati dwells in the cave of the heart of the peaceful yogis. He is yoga Ganapati. Karma yoga and bhakti yoga, his gadda and his pasa. His belly, Raja Yoga. Sorry, his belly would be Gyan Yoga, and his trunk, his Vilamita Sutta, would be Raja Yoga. So the Gadha is Karma Yoga, the Pasa is Bhakti Yoga. The Vilamita Sutra, the snake like trunk, is the Raja Yoga, and then his belly is Gyan Yoga, the fulfillment of enlightenment, Gyan Yoga. And also his one foot down is karma yoga. His one foot up is bhakti yoga. The bindi is raja yoga. And then his ears listening to the inner wisdom, gyan yoga. And note that little mushika actually does all four yogas as we should be doing them as Hindus. Mice work, 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 work. Mushika, karma yoga. And look at him. He's holding the laddu, saying his grace, anapurane, sarapurane. Before he partakes, full devotion to Ganapati. And he's staring only at Ganapati. Raja Yoga, concentration, contemplation. And he is a jnani because he gets to forever live with Mahaganapati. So Mahaganapati is also Yoga Ganapati, reminding us of our classic four yogas, karma, bhakti, raja, jnana, 
This is the way to nirvana, chariye kriye yoga manyanam. This is the same as we just told you, yama, niyama, asana, pranyama, pratyahara, dharana, dhyana, samadhi. How many times do we have to tell the all of yoga is sanatana dharma? This is Hinduism. Watch your karma kanda, pasana kanda, yana kanda. In another year we made actually the murti of mushika and Ganesha was in his heart. Mushika is in Ganesha, Ganesha is in mushika. Atma darshana, paramudharma is the thread, if you will, that holds all the deeds of our life together. Keep Ganesha in the cave of your heart. And this brings us to the theme that we've been going through this year, which was walk the walk. And we made a silhouette of Ganesha walking. Remember, life is pradakshina, pade, pade, step by step by step by step. Sutra by sutra, thread by thread, anga by anga, limb by limb. Walk the walk of Hindu Dharma. This is what unites us, no matter what our sampradaya. Is walking the walk of karma, bhakti, and raja, and jnana, yoga. No matter what our sampradaya. So we are walking the Hindu walk. Imagine walking behind an elephant who clears the way, removes the obstacles, and notice how they walk with confidence, with strength, steady pace, pade pade, sutra by sutra. Which brings us to our theme for this year for the ashram, is focusing on Pancharatna, the Sri Ganesha Pancharatna, the five gems written by the great Vedanta Guru Adi Shankara, the renowned scholar, meditator, Vedantist, who full well knew, as all Hindus should, that we always put Mahaganapati first. So he wrote this beautiful poem to Mahaganapati, focusing on the five gems, which will give us the astasiddhis, the eight powers. So the five gems found in Ayurveda, found throughout Hinduism, are the panch koshas, the five coverings. The anamaya kosha, the food and body covering. The pranamaya kosha, the breath. The manamaya kosha, the mind. The vyanamaya kosha, the superconscious mind of creativity, inspiration, shruti. And the anandamaya kosha, the atmana itself, that is actually surrounding the black hole, the zero, the no-thingness, the nirvartante of which we cannot speak. Understanding the five coverings, which will give us then the power to resist eight things. Greed, anger, lust, prideful arrogance, delusion, fear, hard egoism, And ignorance. Loba, Kroda, Kama, Madha, Moha, Abhimana, Asmitta, and Avidya. So, as Hindus, we seek to overcome greed, Loba, and anger, Krota, and lust, Kama, 
by dana, giving, by dayadvam, or karuna, compassion, by damyata, control. We get rid of arrogance through humility, vigna vinayaka. And realizing our atmana takes care of our fear, abhimana, our hard ego, asmitta, and our ignorance. Remember, vidya kestram uttaresam. From ignorance, everything else follows. So ignorance is different than lack of knowledge. Ignorance is just refusing to see something. In a sense, not realizing that we are the Atmana, which again is the foundation from which we rise, the memory, the first chakra, the wisdom of beseeching Mahaganapati first. And if we look at simply the first Doha of this classic Sri Ganesha Pancharatnam, here's the wisdom of him affectionately holding the modaka or the laddu, the sweet treat. And how do we get a sweet life, ayurmadu? Just like Ganesha is teaching us, by being strong and flexible and sensitive, then life is sweet. This is worthy of a deep meditation contemplation. Think how we can be strong physically mentally, emotionally. Think how we can be flexible physically, mentally, emotionally. How can we be sensitive physically, mentally, emotionally? This is the wisdom of Ganesha's fifth hand, his Vilambita Sutra, his trunk, because it is strong, it is flexible, it is sensitive. Therefore, if we are strong, flexible, and sensitive, life will be sweet. Just think of the opposite. If we're weak, inflexible, insensitive, life will be sour. That's a contraction. Just suck on a lemon and see what happens to your whole face. So Ganesha holds the mudaka, the laddu, muda, karata, motakam. And then what happens? We get true liberation. This is what we do as sadakas. Sadavimukti sadakam. He gives true liberation to the devotee, true freedom. Remember, freedom is not free. It takes a lot of work to become strong and flexible and sensitive. And then the next doha. He's the master of time or timing. And with that, he protects us. Hindus, it's way past time. Something we often treat in a very cavalier manner. We need to be very sharp in our timing. We need to stand up now and protect the Hindu yoga dharma. If we don't handle problems, when they're small problems, they just exacerbate and become huge problems, which is what we have to do now. We have to constantly address distortions of the Hindu yoga dharma that we have allowed through our procrastination, laziness, and even capitulation. So stand up for the Hindu yoga dharma, always starting with Mahaganapati. 
Remember, as one devotee said, I've got a dot on my head and it's really, really red. It's a bindu. Because I'm a Hindu and I am proud to be a Hindu. What about you? And I do yoga because it's Hindu. Karma, bhakti, hatha is to. Raja jnana, it's all yoga. It's all Hindu. It's not boga, bogas. Have a wonderful Ganesha Chaturthi. And let this great Mahadeva, this great Mahavalabha, overseer of the Hindu yoga dharma, inspire you to be a proud Hindu. Namaste Jai Ganesha.